Welcome to Behind the Story, where we discover the story behind your favourite stories. My name is Lisa Renee from the CoLab Press, and I'm also a contemporary romance author. This week, Naomi can make it. Uh, she didn't work out with the times because our interview is with a lady from New Zealand, a debut author, Yola Galton. So that's exciting, um, what it's like to be a debut author. And it's from the Trinity Lakes Christian Romance Series. So that's really exciting. So other than that, um, remember to subscribe to our show. We've got some giveaways going on. Um, see in the show notes, we always have some giveaways. I've got an audio book bundle. It's $40 worth um, of audio books from my Christian rom-com series. Two novels um, and two novellas that have been narrated by Mim Drew, an LA actress. So that's something that would be really easy to enter. I'm also doing a Kickstarter at the moment. I've got a book um, coming out later on called Book Boyfriends and Lattes. Uh, it's a special edition where people can actually have their name as the character. So we've got a few few of those, but also uh, it's the third in my Bachelorette's of Clear Creek series. And so it's exclusive to Kickstarter for this year uh, to get it as all three in um, an ebook format or a paperback. And uh, so if you want to follow me on Kickstarter, if you've never supported a Kickstarter before, it's really a great way to support authors. It's you get an advanced copy months in advance before it's on any other platforms. And usually there's other bonuses like special short stories, special editions, special mentions in the acknowledgements if you back an author that way. And that's a great way to support authors. Our guest today is Kiwi author Yola Galton. Yola's debut book, Always By My Side, is the fourth in the Trinity Lakes series. Yola is an editor, book reviewer, and now an author. She likes her Christian fiction a little edgier and with humour. Yola, welcome to Behind the Story. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a guest. It's my first author interview, so I'm excited. Yes, and it's exciting having someone, our first New Zealand guest. Uh, so for those who aren't familiar with you, tell us a little about, a bit about you and, and what you write. Um, I'm Yola Galton. Um, that's Yola is spelt with an I, not a Y, although it's pronounced with a Y, and it means valued by the Lord, which I always think is a great meaning for a name, um, particularly as it was given to me by my non-Christian parents. So, you know, that's mm -hmm. got to be God at work right from the very start that yep. that's the name I got. Uh, yes, I live in New Zealand. I live in a coastal city, um, Tauranga which if you know, if you've ever been to New Zealand on a cruise ship, Mount Monganui is one of your stops. And so Tauranga, Mount Monganui, is just all one city. And we're about an hour from Hobbiton. So if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, that's where we are. I write contemporary Christian romance with a Kiwi connection. That's how I say it. Um, contemporary Christian, because Christian romance is just what I read. Contemporary is my favorite in that. Uh, and Kiwi Connection is that I like to have a Kiwi character and well, the, the first book has a Kiwi character and in time I'd like to move to, to a New Zealand setting as well because New Zealand's great and don't you all want to come and have a holiday here? Yeah, but it's worth it's coming. Kiwi. It's worth coming. Absolutely, it? absolutely, because <laughs> it's, a, it's a tiny country but it's very varied. So we've got volcanoes, we've got lakes, we've got mountains, we've got ski fields. We've got Hobbiton and we've got all the Lord of the Rings uh, scenery and weather workshops and weather unleashed and lots of very cool stuff. Okay. Well, I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to the South Island. But, yeah, it is a beautiful country. It's just 
you know, every inch of it is um, beautiful. And it's very jam packed um, into a lot of yeah, a lot of stuff in a small space. I mean, the South Island is is probably tourist central. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, but less of the population. The North Island has the cities. It's a, it's a bit of a different feel. So yes, Tauranga, where I live, is the North Island. Yes, yes, I did notice there was not many people in the South Island. And they're like, where's the New Zealand accents? Where's the locals? Oh um, yeah, there's not. Yeah, the sheep. And, um, depend a lot of sheep. Not as many as that used to be. The joke used to be that New Zealand was three million people and ninety million sheep. We're up to about 5 million people now, and I think we're down to about 50 million sheep. Mm. So, you know, that's quite a change. Mm. But, yeah, lots of, um, so, yeah, sheep, lots of dairy, uh, lots of forestry, um, and lots of kiwi fruit. <laughs> yeah, kiwi, kiwi fruit. fruit. Kiwis. The Americans call them kiwis, and to us, the kiwi is the little brown bird. So, um, yes. Yeah, so it is different. And kiwi is also what we call ourselves as a people. Yes. So we don't really refer to ourselves as New Zealanders. We tend to refer to ourselves as Kiwis. Yes, that's right. And we're I'm 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 an Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. Um <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So we've got your debut always by my side. So let's talk about that. Um when Tabby and Logan find a property deed while cleaning out Grand's rooms, Tabby embraces a new challenge to solve the mystery of the floodplain and renovate the old boat shed. Working with Logan reignites long suppressed feelings, but will their differences drive them apart? It's an opposite subtract friends to more small town contemporary Christian romance. So tell us about the main character, Tabby. What are her strengths and her quirks? Tabby is a triplet. The, she's the oldest of the three. Although when you're only like half an hour older than your youngest sibling, are you really the oldest, the youngest? But she does have a lot of those older child vibes about her. She's always the responsible one. She's the one who stayed home and looked after Gran when Gran was ill and stayed home, uh, whereas her brother and sister went off to college. So, yeah, she's very much the homebody in many ways. She doesn't, she's never been anywhere, although she really does want to travel. She thinks she wants to travel, but she never does. Um, quirks. Her main problem or quirk is that she just doesn't know how to say no to anybody. So she's ended up, she's running the family B&B, &B, uh, which is pretty much a full-time job for most people because she doesn't have any help with that, really. Her dad helps around the garden, but they don't have any staff that they employ. And dad also has a full-time job and he's one of the town accountants. And she also works for Hannah. So anybody who's read any of the other books in the series, Hannah runs the rowing club and that she's in book one which is Narelle's book so Tabby works part-time for for Hannah full-time effectively at the inn uh, and she's also the person that you ask if you need a casserole taken to somebody at church because she'll always do that she really does love cooking um, and so she enjoys cooking at B&B, &B, cooking breakfast, but she does get a bit sick of the fact that she's been doing the same seven breakfasts for <laughs> four years now. Right. Because, yeah, that's just how they do it. So I don't know if, if not being able to say no is a quirk or just a personality feature, but that's her. Yeah. And uh, can we find out who inspired you? How did you come up with this character? Is a bit of you in there or you dreamed of doing a B&B? What's 
What's there's in? very there, I mean there probably is a bit of me in there. I think there's gonna there's a bit of me in each of the triplets, just perhaps different bits. Um part of what where she came from was actually just thinking of well, I had this idea of Logan as um as the adventurer. Um, what a lot of Kiwis and Aussies do is they go and do what they call the big OE, the overseas experience. They go overseas for a year, often longer, um, and they work and they travel. And a lot of them go to London, uh, which is, yeah, I did that for 10 years myself. I forgot the whole coming home thing. Um, but, yep, we went to London for 10 years, had both children in London, then eventually did come home. So it was a little longer than the normal OE. Um, Logan has been he's always been a traveler his parents have worked in various different countries and so he's the traveler who hasn't got a hometown who's just been a bit of everyone and I was so therefore Tabby is his opposite she's the person who has always been in the same town always been at home um, never traveled and it was just trying to think through what would that be like what would it actually be like to be to be born in one place and to live your whole life there and to be so entrenched in that community that you actually are reluctant to leave, even if you want to, as Tabby does. Yeah. Or thinks she does. Yes, there are people, yeah, they're in a small town and they love it and yeah. they don't and want they just... to be anywhere else <laughs> and that's fine. So um, yeah. you're getting some great reviews. Bonnie on Goodreads says, this is a superb book and gives a great idea about how to discover God's will. And Oz Jenny says, if I didn't know it was a debut book, I would have thought she had been writing for years. So how does it feel to get reviews like this on your first book? It's lovely. It is lovely. I was, um, I've been a book reviewer myself for years. So I've been on the other side of the fence and I can, I mean, it's always great to find a book you like, a book you love. So I was really pleased with Bonnie's comments about, you know, discovering God's will, because obviously I write Christian romance. I wanted there to be a faith thread in there. And I wanted that to be, I wouldn't say in your face, but certainly obvious. It wasn't, I didn't just want it to be in the background. Um, and, you know, Jenny's comments are lovely as well. Just, yep. Um, I mean, I have, in one, some ways I have been writing for years. It's just I haven't published. And I've been editing for years and I've been reviewing for years. And I think every time you read somebody, somebody else's book, um, you learn from other people's books. You learn from them, whether they're good books or, or sometimes you even learn more from the books that you didn't enjoy or you didn't get much out of because then you're thinking, well, what was it about that book that, I, that didn't engage me? What would I want to do if I was writing the book? What would I want to do differently? Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's sometimes it's the characters, sometimes it's the plot. Sometimes it's part of the just the, the general vibe of the book. That's what gets you or, or doesn't get you. And sometimes it's just the concept. Yeah. So, great. yeah. Well, let's talk about that because, uh, I mean, I do remember talking um, with Christine Dillon a couple of years ago when we, we've interviewed her. Um, yeah. And she's, you know, the Trinity Lakes concept of the series had been for a while. Um, we delayed it a year yep. before we started working on it. But so it's been in the... Uh, two it's years ago, I guess. Quite a good while, yeah. Yeah, agreed to do that. So, um, and she said, yeah, I've read Yola's work. Um, she's quite funny, you know, like, so that was interesting. So what um, have you been writing? Do you do short stories? You've got some hidden manuscripts in the background. Um, there's a couple of hidden manuscripts, I suppose. Uh, I wrote a novella in about 
2015 or 2016 and entered that in the American Christian Fiction Writers Genesis Award and that did win. Um, but I wrote it in first person because that was what the voice that felt right to me at the time. Now, because we decided that the Trinity Lakes was going to be third person, I've really got into the writing third person. And the first person was a novella written from one point of view. So now I would like to rewrite that as third person and then put the, the other point of view in. And that will then turn it probably into something of a similar length to this. And that's set here in New Zealand. So that's one little project that I could work on. Uh, then I did another um, another short novel. So it was about 60,000 words. So a similar level to um, to this one, to Always By My Side. Again, it was first person and I got I got quite caught up in parts of it. Um, how do you put this? I got to the end and I thought, oh my goodness, she's ended up with the wrong guy, which is <laughs> really, really awkward for a romance. Uh, it was particularly awkward because the guy that she, I realised at the end that she needed to have, have ended up with, I'd set him up as a completely horrible person. <laughs> so, so, so I really wrote myself into a corner on that one. And the lesson there was that actually I am a plotter, not a pantser, because mm -hmm. the novella came out really easily and I had plotted that quite quite strictly. Um, the the second piece I pantsed and you could tell from just the way it went all the way through. Um, always by my side I point I plotted the first probably half to three quarters out reasonably. But because I work in with Narelle's story and with Jenny Glazebrook's story in terms of the floodplain, there was quite a lot of last minute rewriting to just to get that whole thing to flow because that external plot was was important. Right. But yeah, now I've got to go back. If I'm going to that second um, novel or the first novel, I guess, if I'm going to publish that, I need to rewrite that into third person and introduce the male point of view um, and completely fix up who she ends up with because yeah that was <laughs> I got to the end but it was like no I have I have forced the characters into doing something that they didn't want to do right very interesting we'll get back yeah. to that in a second but I just got a midpoint question for our viewers uh are you the responsible um sibling like Tabby so sometimes um, if you're born the oldest, you come back. So that's for our um our viewers, a question to comment in the links below. Um, tell us if you are the responsible sibling. Um, so getting back to what you were talking about, because um, it's quite interesting, you're talking about, you know, your plotting and, and changing in the first person, you know, because uh, I also thought, you know, Christian fiction, contemporary romance, mostly it's third person past tense. That's what six yeah, it is. And then... Yeah. Then I wanted to start doing Christian rom-coms and then, um, but rom-coms are traditionally at the moment, you know, yeah. they're in first yeah. person and yeah. often present yeah. tense. So it's a real yeah. learning curve. So then it, there just wasn't, it was just like I'm in between because people will pick up the rom, because it's a rom-com and then it was third mm. person. And, um, and I was originally so against <laughs> didn't like the first person um because you just yeah, used to read but now I love it because you do really get connected to the character yeah. so much more because you're really in their head as long as the author's not going on on and on on about internal thought and nothing's happening um but yeah, yeah it's definitely 
um, my favorite now. And then, then to do the Trinity Lakes, I had to go back to again. <laughs> and I actually did like half, half, I was half wrote a novella and then I, oh, I've got to get onto the Trinity Lakes one. So then I went from first person, present tense, and then, they were, and then back and back. Oh my goodness. So. Yeah. I mean, I, yes, most books are written in third person. Uh, and when it comes to short romances like Trinity Lakes, that's probably the um, the love-inspired influence because they're always third person. Um, but I agree with you. I think that first person just brings you into the head of the character much better uh, if it's well done, uh, and especially for rom-com. But I do find present tense is often hard to read if the author's not really good with it. it but if they're good with it, it like hits you on the first page. Oh my goodness, this is present tense. But by about page four or five, it's like you're just in the flow of it and mm. it doesn't matter anymore. And I think a good book, it doesn't matter, third person, first person, past tense, present tense. If, you're, mm. if your writing is good and solid and you can hook the reader, and I mean, as a reader, if I'm hooked, then I forget what I'm reading. I forget what tense it is or whether I like it or don't like it because you're just drawn in by this compelling story. Yeah, that's it. Just got to get them in on the first page. Got to get them in. Yeah, you got to. It get is them interesting because in. I, when I, I wrote um, a rom com, um, one of my rom coms, that the first one that had to be in first person, I didn't realize a lot of people are doing it first person, but um, past tense. And so I yeah. didn't have to make it so difficult. I just had to change it to I and me and you, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, and then when I did go back to past tense it was a little bit weird like so it and then it's like this is wrong but yeah once you get into it again then that's wrong <laughs> yeah because it's it's what your ear is hearing and what yeah you you do sort of hear it and it it it's a different feel I was listening to this podcast yesterday I'm listening to a bible in a year podcast and the um the person who leads it father Mike whose surname I've forgotten sorry father Mike was talking about how parts of the New Testament actually in the Hebrew are first and third person, or sorry, are, sorry, are past and present tense in the same sentence. So Jesus did this thing and then Jesus says, and I thought, oh my goodness, that is really, really weird. But the, the translators have put it all into past tense for us because that's easier right. for us to hear. And that is one thing that I do find, I find past, I find present tense harder in historical fiction I find it easier to read in, in contemporary fiction because that is today mm. but yeah there's something about my mind that if I'm reading historical fiction in present tense it just feels that feels even more weird mm. interesting but again a good author will pull you in because there's some authors who've done it That's like right. that and it's like you're in once you're in there you're in yeah that's what I've heard people they they love their third person but if it's um, a story they love and an author love, yeah, they can they can read it. So like we have Miss Sue Andrews on um, yeah. last episode and she writes the main character in the first person, um, whereas she'll have some, because she has two or three views usually. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, she even did one, I think, <laughs> one was second person, and, which is weird, and third person. <laughs> but first person weird. for the main character. So, but, yeah, you, you know, she's been doing it for a while and she's uh, – People instantly buy her books knowing her name, so oh, she can absolutely. she can break all the rules. She can break the rules. 
uh, I've read a couple of authors where they break between first and third person, and it can, it, if you've got strong character voices, it will still work. There was one uh, thriller that I read where the um, the protagonist was first person and then the evildoer was third person. And that was really good because then the evildoer, no, it was the reverse. The evildoer always referred to themselves as I and you couldn't pick the gender. Because mm. like in third person, you can always tell the gender of the person who's speaking, right. but in first person, you can't. Because mm. we don't sit there when we're talking and refer to ourselves <laughs> as he or she. Mm. We refer to ourselves as I. Mm. And so that was kind of odd. Um, and it was a really good twist at the end. So and that was I a read, mystery, was it? You didn't know who they were? So. Yeah, because you really didn't yeah. know who. That's because great, like yeah. normally with a mystery, when you've got the evildoer's point of view, you at least know which gender they are. And so if they're referring to themselves as, as she, you know it's not Tom, Dick or Harry. Mm. Um, whereas this one, you just had no idea. Yeah. Um, and I did read Synapse by... Stephen James and that was odd because that started in second person and then moved into first person for the main character and third for the others but the second person bit was really disturbing I did not like that at all um, I mean I totally recommend the book it's well worth reading mm. but that first chapter if you don't like it just skip to chapter two because you're not learning anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it was it was just it was a woman um, in childbirth written oh, from okay. the second person written by a man and my head was... <laughs> yeah that's that's really uh <laughs> pushing <laughs> literally yeah. Yeah, um... it was a, it was a great book it was just that that was quite distracting <laughs> Oh, that's funny. All right. Yeah. So um, if our viewers want to comment as well, what is your favorite genre and what's your favorite uh, first person, you know, or present tense? Tell tell us um, what you're into because I'm interested to know. So um, now you're in this Trinity Lakes is a multi-author series, uh, mostly yep. Australians, one New Zealand and one American. We're going to make a joke. Um, <laughs> try and make a joke. <laughs> Um, so how do you like collaborating with other authors? Do you enjoy this team aspect? Oh, absolutely. It's been so much fun because it's been, it's been, it's meant that I'm not writing in a vacuum. It's given me instant critique partners because you're all invested in the, all the other Trinity Lakes authors are invested in the series. It's given me as a debut author, it's given me so much support around different parts of the process. Um, I mean, I'm the editor for the series. That's my strength. But we've got Lisa, who's the editor, the um, the your you know strength in the marketing. We've got Meredith, who gives us in detailed instructions about how to set up our our paperbacks on Ingram Spark and how to get the paperbacks into shops in Australia, which is just amazing because that's not something most indie authors, a lot of indie authors can do. And it's certainly not something that a debut author can typically do. So, yeah, that's really cool. We've got Jenny, who is just the prayer warrior of the group. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got um, Narelle and Carolyn, who both multi-published experienced authors who've come up with the concept, who've, who know the, the area. Carolyn's visited the area. And, of course, they've got their own author platforms as well. And then we've got Sarah Beth as our resident American to tell us when we're getting the putting when the, the we're getting it wrong basically to get yeah. you know 
this is not a word that an American would use. You've got to translate it into American. <laughs> so it's just been, yeah, it's just been a really cool group to work with. And just to have that, that support in launching my debut has been wonderful. I just appreciate so much that I was asked to be a part of this group. And at the risk of um, sounding a bit silly, it's, you know, it's truly a collaborative effort. The whole thing has been, we've all read each other's books. Um, well, I've certainly read everybody else's books and I loved all the different stories, loved all the different voices, the different approaches. And it, yeah, it's just been so much fun. Yeah. Hard work, it, but lots it, of fun. Yes. Yes. It is a challenge trying to make it all work because we actually have gone the extra mile. It is, uh, the characters do interact in other future books. It is, yep. we are keeping the same setting, whereas some people do an author series, it might be just a theme and the character, it's all individual books. Uh, yeah. Or, it's not really they're just writing their own story, but they haven't like been bringing in other characters. Um, so it's nice that the characters keep coming back. Like, you know, Hannah is in the first one and she's, you know, is and, in the Yeah, and I've got a couple of scenes with Leah uh, in mine with, from yours, and I've tried to bring in a bit of the others. I mean, a couple of the others have been hard because, like, Carolyn's main character, um, her male, her man is out at the ranch all the time, and then her her heroine hasn't actually arrived by the time my story finishes. So I can't have her in there, but, uh, you know, we'll try and work them in, in next time. Yes. And that's another thing. Um, I mean, I didn't have her characters in mind because they just didn't work for my story, but she said, how about um, at this character visits your organic store. So, cause my character has, one. so we had yeah. a sibling of um, her main characters come and visit. And then there was a little yeah. bit of a hook there of what's going on at the ranch with the mother and all that kind of stuff. So that sort of sowed the seed, even though she's not immediately after me, my focus was introducing yeah. your character and sort of that's how we work with that so yeah which is great yeah and I mean that's I think that's really cool for the readers as well um I sat down last night and I read two of the Easter and Gilead series or two um, finished one read another one and started the next actually and yeah just the reason that I, I kept going through the series was because I bought them and because the first one I was reading it's like oh my goodness what is ha what what was this scene about and then I read the blurb to the next book and realize, ah that's what that scene was about that was it was the hook so yeah right in the middle of this one story was the absolute hook into the next story and yeah I was hooked I had to keep reading I had to stay up past my bedtime to find out what happened yes that's what we love as authors <laughs> making you lose sleep <laughs> yeah <laughs> You're right. <laughs> uh, so what is something readers would be surprised to learn about you? Um, I once slept in an igloo on Mount Doom. Oh, wow. Was that it cold? It was so <laughs> cold. It was the middle of winter. Um, Mount Doom is actually Mount Ruapehu in the middle of the North Island. And Ruapehu means two peaks. Uh, and it's a ski field. And yeah, when I was 16, we went up there as part of a school trip. We spent the day building an igloo and then we spent the night there. Wow, yeah, you I... built the igloo? Oh, yeah, they don't just have igloos sitting on ski fields. Oh, well, I thought it was there. just, you know, a thing. You hire the igloo. <laughs> no, no, we literally built two igloos. Wow, um, that's so awesome. I would not <laughs> want to sleep in it, no. <laughs> I, I hate the cold. <laughs> I, it, cool. I don't think I slept all night. It was no. absolutely freezing. No, um, no. And the person sleeping next to me had garlic bread. Oh, lovely. 
<laughs> and you oh, remember yeah, that all these it. years. You just remember oh, that. Gun yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I just remember not sleeping. It was so cold. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yes. I know about that. Um, our church does a camp and they do it in the middle. Oh, well, it's actually not winter, but it's just in a place where it's so freezing. And I just, sorry, guys, I, I can visit for the day, but I'm driving all the way back to ours back home. I'm not sleeping yet. You just cold. don't sleep. And um, yeah, I, I need my sleep. Yeah. And we're at that age where we, we want our bed. Yeah. <laughs> we want our comfy bed. Ab- we can injure ourselves in our sleep, you know, and yeah, the next I mean, day, the whole, sleeping right. I have no objection to camping. I just like beds and mattresses. Yes, yes and heat and warmth. Yes, the yeah. essentials. All right. So, um, yep. uh, Tabby is a triplet. Where we see other siblings in uh, to get their own stories. Absolutely. Uh, so the plan is that there will be three books, one for each triplet, and next up is Trent. Um, Trent was a bit of a bad boy when he was at college and his past is about to catch up with him. Great. Awesome. Well, we need to follow you um, and to make sure we're ready for this next release as well. So where can we find you online? Um, One of the beauties of having a name like Yola Goldson is that's exactly where I am. You've just got to spell it right. So that's I-O-L-A-G-O-U-L-T-O-N. YolaGoldson.com is my website. You can sign up to my newsletter there. Yola Golson on Twitter, Yola Golson on Instagram, Pinterest, and yes, on Facebook as well. Awesome. We'll have those links in the show notes. So thank you so much for joining us on Behind the Story. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been great chatting. So Yola has a giveaway of her debut novel, Always By My Side, in ebook format because she's from New Zealand. So um, that's easy. So just it's a real simple competition and you might just be the winner. Um, we also have some other giveaways, as mentioned before. Coming up next, we welcome Karen Whitmire, or it could be Whitemire, I'll have to learn how to pronounce it correctly, to the show about Fairest of Heart. So thank you for joining us on this edition of Behind the Story. Until next time, let us run with endurance, the race set before us, looking up into Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith.